Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and notice my reward is with me. When we are rewarded, we will be given, at the very least, crowns, just as Paul was anticipating a crown of righteousness. And these 24 elders, they had these thrones, and they had these uh, linen uh, uh, robes, white linen, and they also had the crowns, these Stephanos. Today on Truth in Christ, our scripture says, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Welcome to our Bible study for today. White robes and crowns of the elders seem to indicate that they were indeed human beings, in glory, of course. Angels are sometimes presented in white robes or garments, but believers in Christ also have white robes as a picture of their imputed righteousness. However, we never see angels crowned, but believers will be. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. ...of the seven-year period and set up his reign for a thousand years, okay? That's a second scene. The other scene is the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem, which is going to replace this current heavens and this current earth. So at the, at the end of that thousand-year reign, Second Peter chapter 3 tells us this, and also we read about it in later on in the last few chapters of Revelation, this current heavens that we see around us, the stars, the moon, the sun, the earth itself will be consumed It will fade away. God is going to dissolve it. Peter says it's like fervent heat. It's going to be dissolved in fervent heat. And yet God will create a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem wherein dwells righteousness. This is the eternal state, the eternal state. And so when we look at this, you know, are these 24 elders, are they in heaven are they going to be representative during the, 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 the millennium, the millennial reign of Christ, yet future to us? Or are they going to be in the new Jerusalem? Well, I believe that uh, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. And I don't think anyone is really sure completely. They're, they may still be in heaven. Um, but let me share with you one thing. Revelation 20, verse 4 says this. This is one thing we know for sure, I believe, with good certainty. 
In Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, John, again, he says, And I saw thrones, and this is at the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. You can read it for yourself. Revelation 20, verse 4, John says, I saw thrones, and they sat on them. Are these the 24? I don't know, and I don't think so, actually. But it says, And to them judgment was committed to them. So what could this mean? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 27. What does it say? Verse 27. And this um, says, Peter answered and said to Jesus, See, we have left all, and you have to read this in context, of course, but he says, See, we have left all and followed you, therefore what shall we have? And Jesus said to him, verse 28, Assuredly I say to you that in the regeneration, which we believe is the millennial reign of Christ, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory... You who have followed me, speaking of his twelve disciples, who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Notice that. The church put in this very lofty position, this place of authority. It doesn't mean that the the twelve tribes won't have uh, a standing at all, but in the millennial reign we believe that these twelve, the the twelve apostles, and I don't mean Judas, Judas was the only one that was lost in this whole thing. And I believe Paul the Apostle, as he states in his God, in his letters, he says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. He met Jesus uh, before and after his resurrection. Uh, uh, Paul, there's no doubt, is an apostle, and, and I believe that he is the 12th apostle. That's just my own opinion. But the, rev- the regeneration spoken of there in 28, we believe, is the thousand-year reign of Christ. And notice, he says, to those, you who have followed me, you are going to be ruling and reigning. Later on, in Jesus' time with his disciples while on the earth, it's recorded for us in Luke 22, verse 28, he says this, a similar thing to them. It's a, it's a different, a whole different time, and it's a separate event. Jesus said, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and notice, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So to me, it's very clear that the, the, the apostles, the twelve apostles, will be in the millennium reigning on twelve tribes. Now, what does that have to do with these twenty-four elders? Um, it may not have anything to do with them. Um, they, they could be, the 12 apostles could be a part, perhaps, of those 24. I really don't know. We really can't be dogmatic. So let's just go on <laughs> anyway and notice a couple of things. Notice that these 24 elders, they're clothed in white. When you look in the Old Testament, you see the priesthood, they were clothed in fine linen. They were clothed in fine linen. In fact, what does the Bible say about fine linen? In Revelation, again, chapter 19, it says that the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The righteous acts of the saints. And so this speaks of purity. It speaks of righteousness, doesn't it? And that's the very robe that Jesus clothes us with, right? By his blood, he makes us white as snow. It's kind of a paradox, isn't it, that Isaiah tells us that how is it by his blood we're made white as snow? We're going to be made red. Red is very... Clear. I mean, it's, it's one of the most distinctive colors that there is. 
And yet, by his blood, we are made white as snow. And Jesus puts his robe of righteousness around us once we become a believer in Christ. And notice what it also says, that they had crowns of gold on their heads. There's two different types of crowns in the scripture. One is called a diadem, and that is a crown of sovereignty. It would be something that a king would wear who has authority over his subjects. However, that's not what these crowns mean. These crowns are a Greek word which is called Stephanos, which means a laurel crown. It's a, it's a lesser crown. It's, it's a crown that victors in the, uh, the games, the Roman games, you know, that they would have these as rewards for their, uh, for their service, for whatever game they were, they were doing. And there's a lot of um, verses that speak to this. You know, Paul knew that he would receive a crown, a Stephanos, when he met Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he says to this, he says, Finally, there is laid up for me, Paul says, a crown, a Stephanos, of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, on that day, on the beam of seat judgment that's recorded for us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9 and 10. And it, it speaks about that. And so, and also, what does it say in Revelation 22, verse 12? Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and notice, my reward is with me. When we are rewarded, we will be given, at the very least, crowns, just as Paul was anticipating a crown of righteousness. And these 24 elders, they had these thrones, and they had these linen robes, white linen, and they also had the crowns, these Stephanos. How wonderful is that? And from the thrones, notice verse 5, Proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Again, a loud, a very loud display on heaven there. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And again, in Exodus chapter 19, we were there earlier in the service. And in verse 16, it says that in this same uh, event that we started uh, earlier, uh, after the children of Israel come out of Egypt, when they were standing at Mount Sinai, right before God would give them the law, it says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings. Notice, you know, just as we read in chapter 5 here of chapter 4 of Revelation, that before the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. So now in Exodus chapter 19, God appears to the whole nation as they came out of Egypt. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings. And notice, a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet, there it is again, was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp, they trembled. And then in verse 18, it says, Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Actually, in Saudi Arabia, where they believe Mount Sinai really is, there is a mountain that is black on the top and we believe that is the very mountain. It wasn't the one in Sinai down there in Egypt, the Sinai Peninsula. I believe, uh, based on what I've read and done some looking into, I believe it was in Saudi Arabia, just like Paul said it was, actually in Galatians. But anyway, let's go on here. In verse 6, it says, Before the throne there was also a sea of glass. A sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes. And you know what? Um, we're, we're rapidly running out of time. And so I think what we're going to have to do is uh, take a pause here, actually. Uh, we'll pick up in verse 6 next week. But it's good for us right now 
to take communion. And so I would encourage you, um, again, this is a wonderful, a wonderful chapter. There's so much here, and it's such a rich uh, passage, and I'm looking forward to finishing it with you next week. And then the following week, for sure, we will get into chapter 5. And again, be encouraged by these things. And, you know, as we look at this throne room, may it encourage you to know that God is in control. And I can't think of a better time to be encouraged than right now as we are in the midst of a time in history that none of us will ever, ever forget. This is the first time in history that we've experienced what we are experiencing right now. And, and certainly with all the violence and all the changes coming, and remember that God is in control. He's in control. And as they worshiped, as, as these, uh, these four living creatures, which we have yet to get to, these 24 elders, as they worship at the throne, really that's what we do right now. We worship Jesus based on uh, what He has done for us. We worship Him. Remember what happened Jesus said in that upper room the night before he was taken by that mob led by Judas Iscariot (laughs) there on the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember what Jesus said in the upper room before he was taken. He did something unique that no one has ever done before. Countless ages had been celebrating Passover up to this point in time, the Passover meal, symbolizing the deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt and the death angel passing over Egypt. And anyone who was inside the house and had the, the, the doors and the lentils and the side posts covered in the blood of a lamb, they were exempted from the death angel taking the firstborn. That's what that whole Passover meal was all about and how they had to get out of there in haste. In the nighttime, they had to be delivered. But at the end of that, um, at the end of this Passover meal, Jesus did something really unusual that's never been done in any Passover meal, and that is he took out the bread. And, and those times they would have loaves of bread. And they would, uh, in a pre-COVID environment, they would just take a big, uh, uh, ch- uh, what is that, charula, I forget what the name is, what's that? Challah bread. They, they have something like that or something similar, and they would just tear off a piece, and they would hand it to the next guy. And these guys are fishermen, and who knows how clean they were, and they would just grab that loaf and pull off a chunk and hand it to the next guy, right? And so Jesus did that as they're sitting there reclining on the floor with this, Uh, table, this triclinium around them. And as they were in the upper room, he would say he would take this bread, anticipating what was going to come to pass within hours of that moment, that he told them well in advance. He said to them, I am going to go to Jerusalem. I am going to be put into the hands of the Jews and the Gentiles, and they will crucify me. But on the third day, I will rise again. That's what he told them. And so now this night that he was taken, before he was taken, see, they didn't know that he was going to be taken that night, but Jesus knew very well what was happening. Everything was under control. And yet he allowed man (laughs) to continue so there he is and he takes the bread he said this is my body which is broken for you and he says take it and eat it and so far in fact let's do that let's take the the bread the matzah whatever it is that you have and let's take that notice that the bread most of you if you have a matzah you notice that it's it's pierced just like jesus was pierced on the cross 
And I'm sure that for baking purposes, nowadays when they do that, they do that on purpose because it's unleavened. There's no yeast in it, right? So they have to cut it or put holes in it maybe to keep it from rising a little bit. I don't know. But there's holes. And then there's marks on it where, and it's symbolic really of, uh, it just happens to be this way uh, with our matzah. There's marks where Jesus was whipped and tortured with the, with the, the, the flagellum, the cat of nine tails. And he was brutally beaten, brutally so he says, take this. This is my body which is broken for you. As often as you do, do this in remembrance of me. And so we remember you, Jesus. We remember what you did on the cross. And Lord, we honor you by taking this. And Lord, we also remember the great price that was taken, the great price that was given, Lord, the greatest worship that ever occurred on the earth was when you were on that cross. And you took the sin, the punishment that we all deserve. You took it upon yourself once and for all, never to be done ever again. This is not a reenactment. This is not the literal body and blood of Jesus. This is a token. This, we do this in remembrance of you. It's symbolic. And so, Lord, we take it right now in remembrance of the body that was broken for us. Let's partake. And after they had done that, they had a chalice. Wine at that time could be fermented or not. I'm sure that this was not fermented. It was just grape juice. They would call it wine. And notice what Jesus said to his disciples. Then he held up the cup, the grail, right? They're all in search of the Holy Grail. (laughs) Indiana Jones. But he took the chalice full of grape juice or wine, and he took a sip of it. But before he did that, he says, this is my blood of, uh, this is the blood of my body. This is the blood, this is the blood of the new covenant that I make with you. And so we know that the very blood of Christ, it was a precious blood. A blood unlike any other blood that has ever existed. We 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 looked into this and I don't want to beleaguer the point, but the very blood of Christ was unique. It was the very blood of God. There was no blood remnant of of certainly Joseph and not even Mary. This was something that God did in the womb of Mary, this blood. And Jesus said, I I give this to you. The very blood of God was given for us on the cross at Calvary. And so that's why we do this. We remember what he did. And how could we ever forget, really, right? But we do it in remembrance of him, and we thank him for it. For without it, we would be hopelessly and helplessly lost in our sin. And I am so thankful today that Jesus has done this for you and for me. Amen. Let's partake. Praise the Lord. I am so excited that we get to do what we get to do, and I can't wait to do it when we're all together again. Uh, This is just a foretaste of heaven, folks. I mean, I don't know about you, but what we just did there, as as routine as it can be, you know, we take uh, communion usually three times a month, it's been a little different during this time because it really didn't dawn upon me until just recently, hey, we can. We can still take communion, virtual communion. <laughs> and so, but it blows me away just to consider what we just did and what that means. And, and I pray that you would never allow it to be the sort of thing where it's just kind of like a rote thing that you do. But, you know, just examine, you know, let the Lord... My prayer for this is for myself and also for you, that uh, as we go forward now, as things start to open up, as we begin anew in a sense, let it be a renaissance in your life. And I mean that in the fullest sense of the word, 
meaning a rebirth. Uh, If you've never been born again, I pray that you would take this opportunity today and receive Christ into your heart. Uh, He's not going to force you. He's not going to make you do anything. This is a volitional choice that you have to make on your own, and you have to realize that you need to be saved. Because if you don't feel like you're a sinner, and if you act as if you, or believe that you've never sinned, then guess what? You have no need for a Savior. But the truth of the fact is, is that you're still a sinner. (laughs) And unless you receive Jesus into your life, there is no way of admittance into heaven. You will go to the place that you've chosen, and that is hell. There is heaven and hell, and you have to make that decision. And I pray that all of us have made that decision. But if there's anyone here online that has not made that decision, today is the day. Do not put it off another day. You do not have the guarantee of tomorrow. You don't have the guarantee. It's important today to get your heart right with God. Why? Because He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. It's never His desire that you should perish and be separated from Him. But He will not force you to do anything. Do you understand? God is a gentleman like that. It's, it's a love. It's love. Doesn't love give a choice? And, and that's the choice He gives you today. In fact, He said to the children of Israel, Today I give you life and death. And what was His exhortation to them? Choose life. Choose life. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So what are you going to choose today? Please choose Christ because He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. No matter what you've ever done, no matter what you've ever said, no matter the the, the history of your past, no matter how deep and dark and filthy and awful, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. God looks at it all and says, I can wipe it away in one fell swoop of my blood, and you are covered. Do you realize that's how complete, that's how efficacious, if I can use that 50-cent word? That's how wonderful it is. That is the, the truth of the blood of Christ. He takes it away, and He wants to wash you clean as a slate. Do you want to be clean as a slate? Even as a Christian, do you want to be clean as a slate? Then you bring your heart before Him, and you say, Lord, please... In fact, let's pray now. Father, I pray that you would touch my brothers and sisters. For those of us who do know you, that you would cover us in the blood and wash away all of our sins. Lord, help us to confess them as we know them. And your word is true, as it says in 1 John 1, 8-10. You said that you will forgive us if we confess, and you will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even the guilt of it, God, goes away if we truly comprehend what you did on that cross and what your blood really means. Lord, may we do that. And Father, for anyone here this morning that this is all new to them, pray that God today would be the day of salvation, Lord, that you would uh, convict the heart of every person that doesn't know you, Lord, in your love, God. Only you can do this, Lord. It is something that you do. Man can't do this. We can't save anybody. You alone save. You, God, save. And I pray that you do that in a wonderful way today. Please, God, mend and heal every soul that is hearing my voice today. And even as it goes out over the radio, per per chance, later, Lord, use And do marvelously, Lord. You are the great King, and we love you with all of our heart, God. Please take control of our lives again. Lord, revive us. 
Revive us, Lord, and help us never to depart from you, Lord, to stay on the narrow path where there is life, and everyone is invited on that narrow path, but it is a narrow path. You also said there's a wide gate and a broad way that leads to destruction, and many there are found on that path, Lord. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. God, we need to reach out. We need to be vocal. We need to share the truth as often as we can, whenever you lead us, God. But Lord, we invite you to do that. Please do it in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.